tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after show entertainment. Oh, AfterBuzz TV. The destination for TV superfans. Producing after shows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! These boots are made for walking. And that's just what they do. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Vampire Diaries after show here at AfterBuzz TV. Um, it's Halloween tonight on Vampire Diaries, so we are here dressed up. If you're listening to us on iTunes, make sure you check us out on YouTube because um, we're all in our best vamp behavior. Um, I'm Tiana Hobson, and next to me is the one and only Roxy Stryer. Thanks, guys, for having me back on the panel! Who, if you couldn't tell, she's a hybrid. Yeah, you get she's it? She's got the wolf <laughs> and the vampire thing going. And I was giving CW just some love in general, so I got the blonde hair for iZombie, too. You know, I'm yeah. like an all-hybrid, all-encompassing hybrid, so... Yeah, with the ears. Like it. it works. Thanks. And, and we have Miss Katie Campbell. Hello. And I'm talking with a little bit of a list because I have vampire teeth in and my eyes are doing a vampy thing. <laughs> you're doing great. Yeah, you're Thank doing you. Great. And <laughs> Sam Davidson. Hey, guys. I didn't put the teeth in tonight because I would have choked on them. So. <laughs> yeah, I took mine out early, too. And we have a very special guest caller on the line with us right now, Michael Malarkey. How are you? Thanks for joining us. Hello, 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 after buzzers. How are you all? <laughs> Great. So, um, oh yeah, in case you guys are wondering, it's season four, episode four, I Carry Your Heart With Me. Seven. Episode. episode season, season seven. seven. I said season four. I don't know where yeah. that came from. It was not for much longer than four seasons. Um, so, Michael, um, you play Enzo on the show, and tonight... Your storyline was actually pretty good because we have this new love interest for Enzo and Lily, and you're trying to get some answers out of some people. I don't know if I trust it. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, well, you know, the thing is, um, this whole Lily thing, I think, is driving everybody crazy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> What's going on? Is he, is he going to be like the new daddy for the Salvatore brothers and blah, blah, blah? <laughs> But, um, you know, he, he's basically kind of testing the waters and feels about the whole situation as well, you know. And I think his next move is going to be dependent on what she decides. And, and we see that she basically chooses Julian over him, don't we? Uh, which ever seen that happen uh, in this episode. So that's going to kind of spring him off into a new trajectory in the following episodes. I feel like Enzo is kind of playing a long game here, and I don't think he's actually interested in Lily. I think that this is some sort of ploy to either get what he wants or move further along into this family, whatever it is. So it sounds like what you're saying is that he's actually interested, though, that he really does have feelings for her. Am I hearing that correct? Well, well, there's feelings and then there's feelings, you know? I mean, I, I don't think he's there. This, this is not like, you know adolescent first date kind of thing you know I mean he's he's an adult about it he's like here's here's the thing he's laying it down I think it's more about power and respect than it is about romance in a way you know 
Is it a weird Freudian thing going on, you think? Because that's <laughs> what I think. Because I always thought that Lily was essentially Enzo's like mother, in a way. Mother figure. I think Enzo has the hots for Freud. I mean, who wouldn't? Look at the guy. <laughs> <laughs> but Lily keeps on... Oh, who knows? <laughs> Lily keeps on kind of shutting Enzo out of the conversation as well. Like, I have a family matter to deal with, so I, I think that that would hurt Enzo, so that's why I'm with you, Roxy. I think it's a long-term game. I feel like it's going more that way. Which is why he wants yeah, well, to Yeah, I think Enzo, is all, he's also kind of like, he's not very trusting of people, and it takes a while for him to really let people in. So I think he's wanting to give, uh, you know, get rid of any any shreds of doubts about her before he actually fully commits to, to a side, you know. And I don't know, I kind of feel bad for Enzo. I don't know if I'm the only one at this table because last week, I'm, or in the first episode, Enzo tells Damon, like, I'm choosing Lily because you guys constantly choose each other over me. And then you have Lily this episode clearing him out and saying, hey, I have a family matter to deal with. It feels like Enzo doesn't really fit in with any of the groups right now. Yeah, he's claimed to make a decision, but he, I don't think he has. I think he's still kind of bouncing between the two. Yeah, exactly. You know, he's been kind of bullied into making a decision in a way. So he kind of went for it. And I think there's a part of him now who's who's, that's thinking, fuck, have I made the right choice? I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on it. You're fine. We're on the internet. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, you're allowed. Here's what I actually saw tonight for the first time. I kind of felt like the only person that might down the line choose Enzo over anyone else could be Valerie. Because right now she is kind of pining over Stefan still and fighting for that. But they both have a common interest, which is not bringing Julian back. And I feel like that might be enough to bring them together. I'm sensing some romantic vibes, even mm-hmm. though he crushes on her mom right now. <laughs> you guys feel it? Well, you guys you guys all see romantic vibes as everybody on the show, don't you? Pretty much. <laughs> not all the time. <laughs> we have differing opinions. But there are romantic yeah. vibes everywhere all the time. Right? That's true. I mean, That's you true. just gotta be—you gotta have your nose to the ground. You never know who, who you could pick up any given night. Um. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, with 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 Valerie, she's she's one of she's 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 the one who's not quite settled in that house either. You know, that's their common ground. Is she's kind of got all these issues that are going on that we're going to discover more about as the, as the season progresses and, and, and Enzo also feels slightly uncomfortable. The rest of them seem to be locked into their you know, life of mayhem happily and, and Enzo and Valerie are the two who are a little dissatisfied with the situation. So they do link up and we'll see where that where that goes in the next episode. I do see a lot of similarities between Enzo and Valerie, as though, like, you might have finally found your counterpart. Like, last season, you thought that was going to be Caroline, and it wasn't. And now, perhaps, you have finally found the person that's, like, on an even playing field with Enzo. At least a partner in crime. Yeah. Might not just be romantic. Valerie scares me, though. For Enzo or in general? In general. Well, it's always the quiet ones you have to be careful of. Right. But I mean, <laughs> but talking about Caroline, um, does do you think that Enzo still has feelings for Caroline, even though now he's it appears he's trying to move on with Lily? Well, I think Enzo, he's you know he's I don't think he's had like feelings feelings for Caroline. He's got a soft spot for her, and I don't know if it's like more of a sisterly thing or not. But um, he definitely has has felt like 
having made this choice and being forced to kidnap her and tie her up and all this stuff has made him question it even further. Um, so, but there is also someone else on the horizon, which uh, happens in his flash forward where we see him hooking up with somebody. So you will see what happens with that. That's all to come. So can you tell us you're not married to Caroline in the future then? Can we X you out of that I one? I can't tell you. No, maybe it is. <laughs> maybe he's just cheating on her? Maybe she's maybe she's married to Hugh Hefner. You never know. It could be anybody. <laughs> okay. Well, whatever happened to Enzo with this vendetta against Stefan and Stefan having everything he wanted with the brother, with brotherly love with Damon and the Caroline thing, and is he still going to explore those feelings towards Stefan, or is there too much going on right now with the heretics? Feelings for Stefan? Um, <laughs> well, you know, I, I think that was, it was a bit of a red herring in a way, and I think he felt like it was a bit of a red herring. He was kind of caught up in this thing with this vendetta with Stefan, and I think there came a point where he was like, hang on, what the hell am I doing? You know, and it all kind of escalated with the thing with Sarah Salvatore, where he realized he was actually going to be corrupting and innocent, and I think it was a wake-up call for him where he he just kind of backed out of that, and, you know, also Stefan's Damon's brother, and I don't know, it kind of got a little complicated. Do you I think... I think that's probably, that, that chapter's been been closed. Do you feel like Enzo knows how bad um, or what the heretics are capable of right now? Because I feel like he hasn't seen the worst that they can do. And even tonight when we got that glimpse of what Oscar is capable of, I don't know if Enzo would have sided with them if he knew that this is all of the things that they could do, that they that they could tear through the town like this. Do you think he knows how bad they are or do you think that he is kind of on the outskirts of that? Well, you know, Lily had uh, kind of sent him away for a bit because he was just, you know, uh, living his own wily ways and she thought it'd be a bad influence on the heretics. And so I think initially in the in the uh, early stages of them moving into town, he wasn't actually privy to the extent of their abilities. And so now that he's come back to the house, he's going to start seeing the darker side of them and what they're really capable of and figure out if he actually wants to be there or if he trusts them or not. I just wonder if that will make him even darker because if he is around the darkness, he's going to go one of two ways. He's either going to want to leave or he's going to want to conform. Yeah, exactly. But if he's, that if he's rejected by Lily, then I could see him, you know, piecing out very fast and getting angry. Coming back to yeah. Team Damon and Stefan. Yes, where he belongs. <laughs> we have all that to look forward to. There's some pretty pretty uh, intense scenes coming up in the next few episodes. Uh, I think you'll like it. Yeah, I heard there's a big fight scene coming up soon. When When's that happening? Oh, yeah. When's that happening? That's, I just uh, need to know. Episode 7. <laughs> oh, okay. And that, that was a joy. Real joy to shoot. Who's um, fighting? With swords as well. You use swords? Oh, yeah. Oh. Is this present day or is it a flashback? Present day, darling. Very swashbuckling episode. <laughs> Sorry, I'm swooning over that was that the was accent expected. coming the out. You weren't expecting. Coming. I wasn't expecting the accent there. I know you need to watch this and then watch you what like watch it when we listen to your British accent and we're all like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. I still get people who who 
leaving messages who are just completely dumbfounded and almost like offended when they find out that I'm not actually British. It's funny. <laughs> it's like they literally like, I feel so lied to. I mean, I'm, like, I'm not gonna lie. I well, believe you know, you. I tell you what, I, I'm not a vampire either, honey. But, you know, <laughs> what can you talk about some of the fan reactions you've had to your character? Because I know people are kind of well split between Enzo with where they lie with him because they feel like he kind of goes back and forth between sides. So what has your fan interaction been like? Well, I mean, God, it's crazy. I mean, I wasn't even on Twitter before I got on the show. I was encouraged to, to join. And when in my first episode aired, or when they first did the, uh, how you doing, brother? Well, the writers here and Brett meeting for a drink. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, when I first joined joined the show, it was um, crazy influx of people tweeting. And, you know, obviously because Enzo, when he first started, he was Damon's buddy in the cell. So, obviously, any friend of Damon's is a friend of the fan. <laughs> so, um, at first, it was an extremely positive reaction. And then in the second episode, I'm trying to kill Damon. So, obviously, <laughs> the reaction went the completely polar opposite thing. <laughs> you ineffectual short man get out of Vampire Diaries or whatever I don't know what the, whatever they were tweeting um, but it's it's been very, very much a uh, swinging back and forth thing with, with my character um, but I think that's part of the joy of him is that there's a spontaneity to him there's a recklessness you don't know which way he's going to turn next and um, that's always fun to watch I think for people which way would you want to see him turn what is something that you're dying for Enzo to do so that you as Michael can portray it. Hmm. Um, I wouldn't mind if he kind of went completely off the hinges for a bit. You know, you got to see a kind of darker side to him. We, we, we have a scene in, uh, I think it's episode eight where he kind of flies off the handle a little bit. And that was quite fun to play. But um, no, I'm I'm really happy with how the season's turning out. There's loads of different elements to the character that we're exploring, and very dynamic. And um, I look forward to every new script. So, one of the people, and we have a live chat going on on YouTube right now. And one of the predictions in here is that you are actually going to become Jap- uh, Captain Jack Sparrow. So I, I could see that for Enzo's future. <laughs> Things get real weird on the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think he'd have to hit some harder times. He's a little too clean cut now for that look, huh? Mm, yeah, I don't... <laughs> Captain Jack looks like he crawled out of the sewer. <laughs> and it did look like you got a haircut this week. I, I noticed your your hair's a little shorter in this episode. Or perhaps yeah, it's more well, slicked we, back. <laughs> we, we initiated a little Enzo makeover, and everybody's happier. <laughs> yeah, the, again, the people in the chat are very happy. They say that you're a breath, uh, breath of fresh air and that also they love to hate your character right now. So that's some good fan interaction for you. They're, they're not calling yeah. you whatever those names were you said before. Ineffectual short man. Yeah. I didn't want to say it again. I was going to let it go. Um, and uh, We remember these things. We remember <laughs> you always re- remember I remember once things. I was playing The Great Gatsby on a play in London, and my buddy showed me this review. He's like, I've got a great review of the show. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, dude, if there's some bad stuff in there, just don't show it to me because I don't like to have that energy for a show. And he's like, no, there's not. There's not. It's great. Obviously, he hadn't really, really delved into the whole article. There's one 
There was one paragraph where it says, Malarkey's Gatsby reminds me more of a collegiate tennis player than a ruthless killer or something like that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I have never forgot that. And, and every time we get together, we kind of joke about this collegiate tennis player. You know, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we know you also have music stuff. So are, is there a way, are we going to see sort of your musical side come out in Vampire Diaries? And to break into and song, a, <laughs> a love ballad for Birth Lily. Song. <laughs> um, well, we saw a little bit of the him playing guitar in episode two. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if there's anything else on the table for for the rest of the season or not, but uh, it's a nice little, uh, you know, uh, insight into the character. It doesn't have to just happen on this season, though. Now that you do have your Twitter and all of that, people can follow you and find your music elsewhere. That's why this show's been great for your career, I'm sure. Yeah, well, this is it, you know, and I've got a new album coming out uh, next month on the 20th called Knots, a seven-song EP, and it's, you know, it's it's a, it's a great way to publicize your music for free, I suppose, you know, on social media. Awesome. And can you let fans know where on social media they can find you? Yeah, um, Twitter and Instagram are at mkmalarkey. And Facebook is, I think it's just facebook.com backslash mkmalarkey. And on my um, my bios, there's a link, actually, where you can check out the uh, new album and pre-order it and uh, get a free uh, download of one of the tracks so people can check it out. And the new single actually comes out next week on Friday, and it's going to be called Dancing in the Gray, which is the first track off of the new EP. Oh, oh cool. wonderful! That sounds exciting. Can't we'll make sure we open it. the we'll open the episode with it. Yeah. Well, there you go. There we go. And before you go, I I have to ask this because we all know that your wife is now working on another Julie Pleck project. Is there anything you can give us any sort of secrets from what that show will be like? Containment is actually shaping up to be a really gritty looking, um, almost gawky style drama. Uh, the acting talent on the show is fantastic. It's a really great group of people, and um, it's edgy, it's dark, it's uh, naturalistic, and um, I, I think people are really going to connect with it. I think fans of, or I mean, um, audiences of, of all ages. I know they're appealing to an older crowd for this one, but I also think it's got a, a younger appeal because it's got that almost Walking Dead style vibe to it, you know? Cool. Mm-hmm. I like that. Can't wait. Can't wait. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to call in for us tonight. Oh, my pleasure. Nice to talk to you. Yeah, you too. And next time you're around town, make sure you come on in. We will have you in here anytime. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Try from safe. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that was lovely. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, he's great. You know, it's so interesting because I, when I first, the first time I met him was at Comic-Con, and like he just said, I don't know why. I, I feel like I had watched interviews with him before, too, but I never, when he started speaking, I was like, that's not your voice. Like, why, why are you why putting are you? on this American accent? What's going yeah. on? Uh, but it was, it, it's cool. He's, he seems like a really great guy. He does really well with his accent to make you he believe does. that... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't know until tonight when I started research or t- earlier today when I started researching him and it was like American British. I was like, he's not American. What are you talking about? I know, and I also can't believe that he says he got Twitter for this show when the show started because he has over two hundred thousand followers. Wow! So mm-hmm. thank you, 
Vampire Diaries for Michael's followers. So that was what two years ago yeah. that he made his first appearance. Yeah, That's you awesome. know, same. Wow. I have about same. that many also. Yeah, been on Twitter for years. I've got a thousand followers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Though. What a good. Deal. Yeah, what a great. And that was so kind of him to call in. Um, now, guys, let's talk about the rest of this episode. Yeah, we already kind of covered Enzo's stuff in here. So I don't know. Where do you guys want to start with the flash forward? I mean. It's a flash for the three years from now. Yeah, yeah the three years from the episode. Now. Yeah, like, let's just start there. So every episode we've seen, like a, they give us a little bit from three years ago, or three years from now mm-hmm. that we have to kind of piece together. This week we get to see what a lark is up to at this point. And do we though? I mean, kind of. He's putting together a toy doll bomb or something? No, like, I don't no. know. He's trying to cure a baby doll and yeah. make it come cure alive. What? No, no, no. The-, the baby doll broke is what happened and he's trying to fix oh. the battery thing inside so it can talk to the girls. Because you know you get toys that talk to you. <laughs> I totally was like he's putting a bomb inside a toy baby? Well that's what they wanted the audience to think and that's why this beginning was so important because what we have all kind of been thinking that the twins are going to exist. They're going to be mm-hmm. born. That we like, did. that's why he was putting baby doll back together. We did not catch that. <laughs> what? So, what? when we saw the two kids come out, I was like, wow, he's still experimenting on this doll. He's trying to figure out a way for Joe to come back still. This is crazy. Like, Yeah, but then the kids were like, is it ready yet? And he's like, no, it's not ready yet. Still got to oh, work see, on it. I yeah, missed that part because I was too busy oh. convinced that he was making a I bomb. Thought, I thought they wanted the baby to come to life. And he's saying it's not to life yet. No. <laughs> The batteries. He's a very detailed dad. My dad would have been like, I'm sorry, it doesn't take AAA batteries, so we have to buy you a new one. Like, my dad wasn't going to take apart a baby doll. But, like, he has his twins. He has his twins. That's the ultimate thing here, is that there are twins there. They're kind of creepy. I don't think that's a fair assessment. Roxy, I I, I thought you were wrong at first, but now I think you're right, because thinking three years in the future, how are these... Those twins are older than three years old. They look like they were about five, and they didn't look like twins to me. Wow. They looked the same age, so he has two girls. They could have been four and who five. Were there. I don't. They might be twins. I don't feel like these are twins. I mean, maybe when Joe comes back, Joe has the kids, and then Joe dies or something. But mm-hmm. these didn't look like three-year-old twins to me. Well, I mean, it's supernatural babies at this point because I mean, we saw spoiler alert end of the episode that Joe is alive in some capacity. So, if it's a supernatural type of baby, maybe they age faster. I don't know. Like, there's a lot of ways that those could still be, three years from now, the babies that they have. Maybe. I think there were three. <laughs> maybe they were just, like, tall three-year-olds. You know, some you know, some kids are taller and, and they look were like, like they're older than others. They were walking and talking and yeah, at least five. Were. Well, maybe it's a Gemini Coven thing. Maybe. We didn't see them at three you know, the rest of, like, Kai and Joe and Liv. Like, I don't think we really saw them at three. Maybe they age faster. Who knows? It was a weird sequence that I, I mean, I can't be trusted on my opinion because I thought he was trying to bring it to all the life. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought he was building a bomb. So, but basically this scene sets up, Damon comes to the door and is like, and um, Alaric says, if you're here, I think someone's dead. Like, this can't be good news. And Damon basically says, not yet, but you have to do exactly what I say. They were also clearly not buddies They're anymore. not friends anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That I feel like no one is friendly in. with anyone anymore. He yeah. wasn't invited in he either. Invited it in. was a threat. It was very threatening when Damon came 
Which is sad. It was upsetting. It was really upsetting. Like, what <laughs> happened to these friends that, like, no one talks to each other anymore? You know, I still have faith, though, because they've been there before. They have been. Yeah. This is three years in the future, and, like, how are we going to deal with this? We don't know how much longer the show's going to go on. Like, I hope that they skip in time or something so we can, like, catch up. Sounds like we're definitely going to skip in time. I, I think so. I think so. I don't think that they're thinking that the show is going to go on for another three years, so we're not going to ever get there. And then in three years is when three years picks up. I think that yeah. probably either end of the season or next season we will get, we'll get will be three years from now. But mm-hmm. I do kind of like that they keep dropping in these little pieces for us for the future and then right. it's kind of up to our imagination to make sense of it and then eventually it's all going to link up together and be this masterpiece and the, they're burn. giving us the puzzle pieces and we're slowly trying mm-hmm. to put it together. I'm a bit messed yeah. up by it to be honest. I, I go to sleep at night thinking I'm like this is messed up. I don't like it. <laughs> like I don't I don't you know it's like knowing if someone's going to die in three years like you don't exactly want to know. I, I, I don't and I don't like Knowing that Caroline and Stefan and aren't together, I said that too. I have a hard time with the fact that I'm now kind of sterilizing and blah. Like that's the word that comes closest to it. Yeah, yeah. the writers <laughs> finally put us together. We're all on the same page. Like most people are like sterilizing. Finally, yes, and now they're telling us it's not a thing in three years for yeah. that moment. You know, yeah. you got, have faith that it may okay. happen again. But I don't even know if I'm going to want it to happen again if at some point it's not happening. Hey, guys, the gist of it is, (laughs) three years from now, Caroline's already engaged, and it seems like she's moving on. She's not totally over Stefan, no matter what has happened. It's only been three years. So I don't think that we have anything to worry about with that relationship. But sorry, I just think that we should keep moving through the episode because we're running out of time. Roxy wants to say something. I just am looking, as we're talking a little bit about this, Nicholas Kelly says, Joe or Sarah is going to kill Stefan or Damon. Mm-hmm. What? I said Sarah last week. I think Sarah might be the the hunter that comes back. Yeah. Because she, I think she did say when she came last season that she, she would be back. Yeah, and also they kind of left her character like yeah. she's still curious. Putting pieces together. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, she's not just going to leave it alone. Okay. So I, I don't think I would leave it alone. I think I'd be a little scared to attack somebody, but I would be researching. Yeah. All right, let's yeah. move through to you, right? Yeah. Okay, so since we're on the topic, we were on the top of, of Alaric, he is still trying to get Joe's body back to life. Um, he's paid out the morgue guy to give him the day, and he brings Bonnie in to try and figure it out because he's on a time stretch now because dead bodies, you know, they only, they, they expire and you can't keep her frozen forever. So he enlists Bonnie's help and then they get interrupted with, um, Damon, Damon with, Oscar. with Oscar. It's not actually interrupted. It's actually well, very it's, lucky that they have a test dummy because what they would have done is burn Joe to pieces. Well, I would if I was there, I would have been like, pull out another body real quick. We can test it out. One of the Jane Doe's. You're so smart, Kitty. That that's mm-hmm. right. I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have thought that, but that is very. I mean, I probably I don't know. We were on a time crunch with Oscar. We had to get Oscar back because we got to get Elena's body back. Because we got to get Elena's body back. I don't like how Damon said that he was doing that not for him. Like he was doing the Oscar thing for Lily, but really though, he was doing that for him to get Elena back. Mm -hmm. Yes, I don't like that he said that to Alaric. Why? Because he should admit that he was doing it for him, just as Alaric was doing it for himself too. I don't like Alaric lying about the fact that he has a stone. Well, now Bonnie knows, and what I like about Bonnie is that she's, she's such a good friend. She, you know, she's trying to let him down easily. She doesn't think it's going to happen, but she's still going to 
she help is. him. She's really good friend. Yeah. She's incredibly supportive. We see her being supportive of Caroline tonight, and supportive of Alaric, and supportive of Damon, and everybody. She's always been like that. But what happened to the Bonnie who came back from 1992 or whatever, who what? was like 94 and was like, you know what? I'm taking care of myself. I'm going to be selfish, and I'm always taking care of other people. And she's dealing with dark objects again, which, well, last time she messed around with this, she lost all her magic abilities. It's just, why why does she continuously go down the same path with these people who don't do the same amount of caring back for her? Well, I, I think it's because of Elena, essentially. She's, like, taken her lifeline, so she, I think otherwise she would flee. But, like, since she's taken on the responsibility because Elena's gone, that she's going to do what Elena would want her to. I think it's just, don't don't you guys have those friends that are like, I'm never going to date another guy like this ever again. But it's just who they are, and so they just keep doing it. She's like, I'm going to be selfish, and I'm going to stick up for myself. That's not who she is, so she's not going to do that. Well, we were also told that she was going to become this harder Bonnie when she came back, and we really didn't get to see that that much. I think a little bit, yeah, last season, but not... I expected it to continue yeah. on. Yeah, people in the chat, Gabe Fox, that's just Bonnie's personality. She's Bonnie needs to say now. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I just think Bonnie, this is Bonnie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so she's not going to not be Bonnie. Elena unless, yeah. was a good friend to Bonnie, though, essentially. Like, the best friend ever by letting her, I mean, it was a messed up situation, but Elena could have, you know, chosen to have Bonnie killed. Which is messed up, I get it, but it was a hard decision for everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, Bonnie does find the spell to get the bodies to come back to life. Problem is, Oscar then goes on, like, a rampage throughout Mystic Falls and is, like, craving and thirsting for blood. So we have to assume that this is something that's going to happen to Joe now that Joe is awake. That's what I was thinking. It's either that or it could be the fact that Lily said to Oscar, you're not yourself when you feed, and maybe he's just a crazy mm-hmm. ripper-type binger, you know, like when he starts feeding, so maybe that's just it. But the other thing that was very odd was that Oscar had, like, amnesia and didn't remember mm-hmm. being in Myrtle Beach, didn't know how he got to Virginia, like, he didn't know a lot of things that had just happened in the last episode, so is Joe gonna wake up and not know who Alaric is, not know who... Stefan or Caroline mm. or any of them and why didn't Damon call and say hey guys Oscar just went on a ripper spree mm-hmm. maybe we should hold off on bringing Joe back. You'd have to assume that whatever effects Oscar's having Joe's gonna have tenfold because she's been dead way longer. Yeah but guys Joe's not a vampire. Yeah she's a witch. Yeah but he's a vampire. He's a heretic right? So mm-hmm. he's both. She like why would she crave blood? She's not a vampire. It makes sense for him to crave blood. I don't blood. think she's going to crave blood. I think something but she's going to be psycho. Equally as yeah. wrong could happen to her because we don't know the side effects of this stone and with the flashes that Bonnie has been seeing from the stone, the images she sees, that's just scary enough to be like, "Hey, maybe we should pump the brakes and figure this out." But I do like that Damon asked Bonnie if she thought that they should go through with this. Like, he told Alara kind of back off chill for a second. Mm-hmm. Bonnie, do you think this is a good idea? And Bonnie still went through with it. I think this whole thing we keep seeing between Damon and Alaric is the start of the rift that's going to happen. They're being a little short with each other right now. Yeah. Yeah, and we started seeing it last you, week. You too. mean the rift that is the same rift as three years from now. Mm-hmm. I don't know that three years from now seemed like something, like an event happened. Something was really bad. Not just like a casual falling out. Well, both of them would choose their lovers over each other. 
like Elena and Joe. So if that came to terms, like they had to each choose, they would choose their women. Halliwell says, I predict Julian is now in Oscar's body because of the Phoenix Stone. Do we think it's possible, not even necessarily Julian, but do we think it's possible that it's not even Oscar in Oscar's body? I Ooh. thought I had a thought of that too because he didn't remember anything. Mm-hmm. And my first thought was, well, whose spirit got in there? Because one of the things Bonnie said was she thinks that the stone creates a bridge, a bridge between the body and spirit, and or the body and soul. And she had to find the right spell to bridge them together. Mm-hmm. And so, in saying that, you don't know who could get trapped inside the body. So could Joe not be Joe? Right. And maybe Damon had to kill Joe because she went crazy. We don't know what this thing is doing. Even right. If, you know, even if it is Joe, maybe she was doing something mm-hmm. to harm everybody and Damon had to put her down for some reason and that's what happened. That's exactly what I was thinking, Katie. It doesn't seem like a casual fallout. It seems like a you murdered my wife. It's like a Vicky all over again. Yeah. I mean, his first words to Damon were, if you're here, I'm assuming someone's dead. Mm-hmm. Which means, like, I'm assuming you killed someone because you're a murderer because you killed my wife. Well, to me, that felt that the reason he's there, like, there had to be some kind of spell, some weird thing because we saw him in the coffin. And I don't, or, you know, everyone thinks he just put himself to sleep to wait for Elena. But something had to happen to either make him do that or that put him there. I kind of felt like we were going to see that in tonight's episode when we do go through the Damon storyline. Um, I don't want to jump too much ahead, but that that's where I thought we were going with it. Like, me here's too. my wine, and now let me dagger myself. That's what me I too. thought about, too, yeah. But then I was like, oh, wait, we still have the whole season. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. only episode four. Right. It's like, we already <laughs> lost Nina. We can't lose Ian. Are you yeah. joking me? That would be awful. Unless yeah, we just jumped right horrible. there to the three years. Yeah, which we might. We don't know when we're going to officially make that jump, but I would assume it would probably be right after our midseason hiatus. That's what I'm thinking, too. Hmm. It's all building to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, let's talk about Damon. Basically, the whole episode, he's trying to get Elena's body back, and people keep questioning his motives behind it. Um, one of the first things that someone brings up is, or that Stefan brings up, is that Damon is now justifying all of his bad decisions and poor choices by using Elena. Like, I'm doing this for Elena. I'm trying to save Elena, so that's why I have to do this and that, so... I don't get it. I don't get why everybody's questioning him. He wants Elena's body to be safe. Duh. Like, is this unexpected behavior from Damon? No. Is it even unhealthy, necessarily? I don't think so. I think he wants Elena's body to be safe. I think he knows he's going to be alive forever, and that he has to wait the 60 more years that Bonnie's alive, and he wants to be with... I think that that's like very romantic and true love of him. It is, but it also could be argued that with Damon not knowing where her body is and it being cloaked, that her body's actually safer because someone who wants to use her as a weapon against Damon can't find her. Someone she besides put the Lily. body at the bottom of the river. How is that safer? But she actually did put it just in the ruins of yeah, the she, old Salvatore house. That's what she said she was going to do, put it right. in the bottom of the river. Like, just because it's cloaked doesn't mean it's safer because she could do anything with it. Anybody could do anything with it. Elena could be awake. Bonnie could die tomorrow. Elena could wake up and he could still not know where the body is. Do you think that's why he's keeping such a close relationship with Bonnie? Half of it? I mean... Because he wants to know when she dies? Uh, kind of. Maybe subconsciously. Because if he lost touch with Bonnie, she went off on her own adventures. Like, he would never know. No, he would. Because Elena her. would just wake up. I don't think that's why. I think he would legitimately... Next to Elena, legitimately loves Bonnie the I, most. I like, think so too. Loves her. I think that he they're honest to God friends, and that's why I think he's so torn. If he didn't love her, he'd kill her. Yeah, 
So, Even if it'd yeah. make Elena mad yeah. if he didn't love her, yeah. I still think he would. No, I think he loves Elena. He loves both of them, but I think he loves Elena so much that if he killed her best friend, like, it would it hurt would her and mm-hmm. him, yeah. That, too. A lot of factors go into Bonnie staying so, alive. They really wrote the story well that, that, that we feel that way because I don't think anybody else could be alive where I would believe that Damon wouldn't kill them. To be honest, I think it's pretty ridiculous that Bonnie doesn't turn into a vampire heretic situation. I, I get that they're bad, whatever, and I know Nita Deprev isn't on the show anymore, but like... Oh, she, do you think that would bring Elena back? Yeah, because she would die. Yeah, but I don't know if like, if if she was... I feel like Kai yeah. was smart enough to prevent that from happening. I think she's just so st- too stubborn to become a vampire. Well, slash. I mean, she, it is the one thing. Her and Matt have always said, you know, that's the one thing that they don't want to become. No offense to their best friends who are all vampires. <laughs> but, like, I'm cool with you, but I don't ever want to be one of you. <laughs> like, that's kind of what they're saying. Exactly. But I loved um, Damon's sort of his letter to Elena at the end of the episode um, where he talks about his age old. How old was that wine? that he had I, I thought he said 60 something years but that didn't make any sense it, but because it was about when um Catherine is when he had it so yeah. it must have been hundreds of years old hundreds of years old and um basically oh that I love the part where he said that his heart will forever be with her in the coffin and that Hence the name of the episode. Yeah, hence the name of yeah. the episode. I was wondering where that was going to come in. This is my. This is one of my favorite lines that he said. He's talking about the wine, and he said, "That is a story of why I drink bourbon. <laughs> I don't know who I am without you, but I do know as long as I'm with you, that time stands still. And it, it, just to me, every time, I love that they're keeping her alive in some way on the show because to me, this whole show is Delena. Like, it always has been for me. So just watching this moment and keeping them alive, even though she's not there, and him still pining after her, and and I feel like proving so many viewers wrong that, like, he just liked her because of X, Y, and Z, it really hit home. It was strong for me. How did you guys feel about it? I felt the same way. I loved it, too. I know that I'm always a Selena at heart, but I appreciate the love. And and time stands... I love when anybody says that about love. When I'm with you, time stands still. Mm -hmm. It's... I don't know. I, I wonder, though, how long I think the whole season we're going to be talking about Elena. I feel like they're starting. this was meant to start winding down on it because I don't think I that agree. it's fair to bring her up every single episode mm-hmm. in, for the rest of the series, but it's also something where you couldn't end last season and then start this season with absolutely no mention of her. That would have been too weird. Mm-hmm. So I think it's sort of will slowly start winding off of it, and the fact that Damon is now part of the, hey, dear Elena fan club, then I think that's the acceptance where it can start dying down a little bit. Well, I I think she'll always still be a presence, which I think is important because I might be in denial, but I think Nino Dobrev will come back for the show at some time, even if it's for the series finale. Like, she said that she would come back for the series finale. Like, she was the beginning and she will be the end of the show, and I would be really pissed off at the writers and producers if they just acted like she's just totally gone and didn't exist, and the characters completely moved on. Right. Yeah. Um, and and when he's talking, we get to see that Tyler is actually the one who comes back to Mystic Falls to pick up her coffin to, I guess, take it somewhere safe, which we saw him in the flash for it last week. Is that the assumption? Yeah. Yeah. 
I feel like that's how he's now factored into what's happening in the future. Well, he trusts him a lot. Yeah, I mean, but that's weird also because they never had a close relationship. But at first I thought, why didn't he call Jeremy? But then at the same time, carrying your dead sister's or like Sleeping Beauty's sister's body around is a little messed up. Yeah, and I feel like people would, if they're trying to harm Damon and they want to find Elena, going to Jeremy is an obvious choice. Going to Tyler, not so obvious. I also think that he just kind of has a weird respect for Tyler that he hasn't had for Jeremy or for Matt or for anybody. Tyler, who uh, I just think is kind of like badass and he looks at him and realizes that he'll be able to protect him, but he's also kind of out of the scene right now and Mm -hmm. out of the loop. I think it makes sense. Yeah, it's a good choice. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so let's talk about no, we're not going to talk about them yet. Let's talk about Mary Louise and Nora first. So they are on a mission because they haven't gotten Oscar's body back. So they go to, um, what's it called? The Whitmore College. to, mm-hmm. And basically they threaten that they're going to kill a Whitmore student every hour on the hour until they get the body back. Oh or my gosh. get Oscar back. Stefan and Damon were so obviously lying. It was driving <laughs> me insane. They were not good liars. Oh, when they had killed when Oscar, they, when Oscar had died? Yeah. Yeah, and also, Damon kind of was, like, a little wimpy in that moment. He's like, okay, I'll just throw out your drink for you. I was like, what? That Yeah, it was weird. You're I took it as him being sarcastic and funny. Okay. That dry humor <laughs> that we love so much from him. All right, that, that's fair. I'll take it. Um, so, in order to distract them from killing people, they concoct a plan, and um, Caroline convinces them to go to this Halloween party with Devils and Angels masquerade and it's there that we we've sensed that their relationship was kind of rocky for a while but here things kind of escalate fully because as they're getting ready for the party you have um our little devil mary louise who is very conservative and then nora kind of tries to rip her dress down and show off her cleavage and you can just see that nora is acclimating a lot better than mary louise obsessed she found her outfit on pinterest Mm mm-hmm I mean, and it was just as slutty as it should be for today's <laughs> <laughs> Halloween costume. Yeah, I mean, Nora is picking up on the social cues of 2015, and the other one is not. Yeah, Ma- she's Mary yeah. Lou. Mary Lou. So jealous. Mm-hmm. She is. I get that, though. They've been, they were together, and when they were together, they weren't allowed to be together, and now they're in a day and age where they can be together, and Nora's kind of eyeing other people. So I understand where that jealousy comes from. It's just not a good look on anybody. Jealousy is like just very unattractive and ugly. Mm-hmm. So, girl, you got to get yeah. out of that really quick. And I feel bad for Nora because they've been trapped. First, they were trapped um, in 1903. Yeah. And they've been, like, dead, too, in 1903 because they stopped taking the blood. Yeah. So they've been trapped and not talking to anyone except for that family for a long time. So she's finally out in the world and she's seeing people and she's clearly the social butterfly of the group and so she just wants to get out there and talk to someone new. She doesn't want to talk to the same people, see the same people every single day. I think and on the opposite of that, Mary Louise is also having a hard time with that because I think when they were so not having blood, they weren't even talking to themselves. They couldn't even move their mouse at that point. So she feels maybe robbed of having time with Nora anyway for a long time. Right. I get both their sides completely. Yeah. I don't think either of them are in the wrong. Um, I think that Nora, though, when she did go off with the bartender, yes, I think she just wanted to, but I also think she's kind of playing games and making Mary Lou a little jealous. Mm-hmm. I think maybe she's trying to make Mary Lou, like, join her. 
Like, come on, like, enjoy this new world with me. Let's have a threesome. I was just going to say that. <laughs> Great minds, like, hey, baby girl. Let's have a threesome. Seems like um, that. It does seem like that. So they're, I mean, they end up working their stuff out by the end of it. But, I mean, it's also partially to do with Stefan and Caroline mm-hmm. coming in. And, first of all, I love them. Caroline. I'm, I'm just going to say that. I just love them. Um, but Caroline's kind of obsessed with Stefan's that he won't talk to Valerie and thinking that he still has feelings. And I feel like she's putting all of her fears onto him because he hasn't once mentioned Valerie. She is, but I have to say I would do the exact same thing. She needs to let it go. No, I would do the yes. exact same thing. I would say, listen, if you have no feelings for her, why aren't you talking to her? Like, why wouldn't you? She's the only one who can get this off of me. Why wouldn't you go say something to her? It seems sketchy. I think she's. I think that he is still allowed to be angry if he chooses to be with her, but it doesn't mean it doesn't exactly correlate to him having feelings for her. Yeah, I nice. completely agree. I don't think it means that he has feelings, but I think that I would say you should go talk to her. This is she just kidnapped me. Like, go say something. It's weird that you won't. She needs to let it go, in my opinion. But here's the thing about Steriline. I I like it at the same time that she's getting all neurotic and jealous because it's totally true to Caroline's character and it makes me think about Stelena and if if there was ever an issue or anything like that and Elena was questioning him and he said, I love you, she would let it go because that's Elena's character. And I feel like I'm on the Steriline bandwagon but for different reasons and I actually do enjoy watching them together and I think it's hot when they're kissing and they're, you know they've got but, a mad chemistry dude yeah mm-hmm. and I, I, I enjoy it but I also know when I used to watch Selena I was just like my heart was falling on the floor like I loved it I don't know if that's like a thing falling on the floor <laughs> but yeah I see it yeah well I mean Stefan doesn't exactly go talk to Valerie but he does do the next best thing and he kidnaps Mary Louise and uses her as leverage to get Nora to siphon the spell out of Caroline so that they can touch each other and go have some hot and it was so easy yeah we were like what just happened and Stefan gets ish done like Mm -hmm. I wasn't expecting Stefan this season he really just kind of steps up when something has to get done he's like alright I'll do it I kidnapped them or whatever and then he like lifts her up and tosses her they had some yeah I had some hot mm -hmm. vampire sex Mm -hmm. oh my god I love (laughs) Stefan I know it was good it was really good I gotta give it to them. Yeah, you know I'm. Uh, you know I'm uh, uh, still into Delena. A, a little bit. No, that wasn't. No. That wasn't what I was gonna say. Oh, she was oh, gonna say oh Claire Line. You know I'm a drink. Drink. I'm into my little <laughs> ship over there. Um, no, but I'm, I am loving Selena. Um, is there anything else you Selena? Oh, sorry. I'm. Lo- did you just hear that? What I loved you, it. I caught it. You said Selena. I didn't mean it. I meant Steriline. Oh my god. Really meant it. <laughs> I, I like need to excuse myself. <laughs> no. Um, Never. Delana for life, I promise. Oh my god. Freudian slip, it's gonna happen at the end. We're gonna do some Pearl Harbor gonna, shit in here. That's what's gonna happen. Um, do you guys have anything else you wanna add about this tonight's episode before we wrap up? Nope. Let's get into it. some predictions. And now you're after Buzz TV predictions. Okay, we're just going to preface this by saying we didn't see the preview for next week's episode because our recording cut out, so we don't know what the preview said, so our predictions are completely out there. Go for it, someone. 
Okay, I'll start. Um, I think that Enzo and Valerie are going to have a sexual thing, but it... I said that. That was my <laughs> prediction. <laughs> well, but it might be, though, half of it to make Lily upset, which is... it. I'm going to be honest, I don't love like the Lily-Enzo thing, and it makes me a little bit uncomfortable. Um, but as we see, it's going to be a thing. Uh, I think that Damon is going to... I don't know, continue to make some, like, super reckless decisions, even though Elena's gone. Um, and, yeah, I, even even though I think it's absolutely absurd that Stefan could still have feelings for a girl he lost his virginity to before he was a vampire in the 1800s, like, it is going to be a thing with him and Valerie. There was no closure. I think that's more Whatever. Why. There wasn't closure with me and the guy that it I lost my virginity to, but I don't think about it every night. day. <laughs> Who cares? It was one night it's of so just stupid. <laughs> But they're just so in tune with their emotions, and they think about these things, and they write diaries and stuff. I believe Stefan. When Stefan says, I'm not thinking about her, I want you, I believe Stefan, and don't think that it's going to be an issue, but I do think that Valerie's going to be, like, Carrie psycho, and... Caroline might make it an issue, though. She is. with him, and Caroline is probably going to make it an issue, but I want her to just, you know, relax, and I think that Stefan is a good person for her to help her just relax and not overanalyze because he's so aware of her analyzing. They're like a great yin and yang I think. What I'm most interested about seeing more of is Bonnie and Caroline. I love that one moment of them at college today and I was like oh yeah. They're They're friends. friends. They're friends. They love each other. They do that where they cuddle and like eat ice cream and talk about boys and stuff. They're still freaking girls so I I, want to go to college with them for a little bit and I want to see them go have girls night. Who knows what will happen but that's what I want. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in for our show this week. And where can everyone find you guys on, are you ladies, on social media throughout the week? You guys can find me, Sam Davidson, at samdavidsonentertainment.com or on Twitter and Instagram at samd43. You guys can find me on Twitter at Katie E. Campbell. That's Katie with three E's Campbell and Instagram at katiecampbell13 and youtube.com slash online. I have a vlog. You guys can find me everywhere at Roxy Stryer. And thank you again so much, Michael Malarkey, for coming uh, for calling in tonight. We really appreciate it. You're awesome. I was going to say that. Oh, my gosh, Roxy. <laughs> you can find I, me. We can all thank him. Yeah, you can find me at the Tiana Hobson. And thank you, Michael Malarkey, for calling in tonight. And make sure you guys follow him on social media at MK Malarkey. Follow AfterBuzz TV at AfterBuzz TV. And we will be back next week with more exciting Vampire Diaries. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 